0: to the 1080 Outdoors podcast, episode number 47. Currently, I'm sitting in my underwear, cut-off shirt, in a barn um, with Jed. And, I, am, I am fully right. clothed. Cool. And to be fair, it's not like typical underwear. I would, you know, it's the same as... I've been wearing this a lot around lately because it's, I think it's the same as... Like wearing like spandex in wrestling practice, so I find it acceptable because hmm. it's like spandex. Except your junk is out. It's not out. Do you feel uncomfortable? I never noticed. No. Yeah, it's just like I'm wearing really tight shorts. Yeah. Smooth trading, man. Got that. Got That's that a- cool stuff. Uh, do you?
1: Is that all you have on? No other. Uh, like you're not running like tidy whities and then those no cuz like I at wrestling practice I would never just wear spandex
0: I think I did really working out you never just wore you didn't wear just spandex as your underwear you were underwear under the underwear or double spandex oh you wore like tidy whitey spandex then normal spandex yeah if i was just wearing maybe maybe if i was just wearing spandex like to practice like just spandex no shorts or sweatpants i could see doing that if you were just spandex with just like nothing on underneath it gets pretty yeah that's like not good yeah 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 that'd be weird no i just took these off so i wasn't planning on them so i understand yeah it could get defined Mm -hmm. it's hot in here though it's not cool i mean it's better than most other areas Mm -hmm. on the farm Mm -hmm. we're dealing with uh we're dealing with some heat How's work been for you? Nah, just inside. Uh, yeah, a little bit here, a little bit of there. I uh, I built two. I got those two uh, platforms done yesterday, and like I started at, like six, and just straight drench sweat, dripping sweat like right away. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep, and it's not ending. No, no, doesn't doesn't get better. I think I spoke too soon on having a really good summer because if we don't get any rain, plus all this heat continues. You didn't get any rain. Well, we got a little bit. Like, I think my thing read like 0. .05 tenths of an inch or something. Like well, if you're point or... it it'd be hundredths. Whatever, dude. So my old man,
1: you know, about eight miles from here, just got rocked last weekend. Yeah, over an inch and a quarter in an hour. Oh, I got
0: that, yeah. Oh, you did? Friday? Yeah. Last week? Yeah, Yeah, that was intense. That's the last time it rained, though. Yeah, because we had a bunch of rain. Yeah. So, yeah, we're good now, but if, like, this were to continue, like, the heat is supposed to continue for at least two more weeks. Mm -hmm. And if we continue with no more rain, then those two weeks are going to be kind of crappy after that. Yeah, that was an intense storm. I got over, yeah, we got over an inch in... That was, that was quick. That was an intense rain. Um, so today's podcast, we're gonna dive into the most um, famous hunt from a 1080 outdoorser that we have no proof of, not even a picture, only the head mount. Yep. Um, no,
1: no in field pictures. Do You have pictures. Yeah, I've I remember seeing them of like the at head the farm. and a cape. Yeah, yeah, but no, like that's all you had. Yeah. Just...
0: Jesus. All right, so the theme of this and the reason why we're talking about it is because we're going to talk generally about bedding and buck bedding. Um, <clears throat> you know, we hunt mainly in in hilly, you know, really hilly terrain. So it can vary, you know, in flat terrain and and really broken up farm country and swamp. Um, but I think we'll, we'll talk about the core principles and basic idea of it. And I think you can pretty much take that. Like if you set us somewhere and you're like, there's white tailed deer here, we'll be able to go find their bedding. It's all like terrain matters a lot, but it's, I think it's just, for me, it's always those transitions and the, like the second, like something switches, like where you're just like, this woods is different than this woods or this, field is different than like this field edge or like there's water here and there's dry land here there's flat bottom here All of a sudden, there's a little hill here even in like flat ground walking some flat ground it's just the matter of like two to three foot increase in elevation can mean all of a sudden it's a good bedding area so but let's dive into let's just give the overall um i don't know i don't we've probably talked about it on the podcast before but we've never had like one of our conversations where we try to like recreate it and like get the idea of what was happening that day. Yeah, I think we did once. Did we? Yeah. But it's been a while. Probably. Probably people listening now weren't listening then. Yeah, that's very possible. So set the stage. So it was Well do you want to give a little little like what the buck end up what the buck score? Uh two oh two and four eights. Yeah. And how old were you? Uh, 17. And it was what? The first? First bow buck. Yep. Way to start off. Yep. All oh. right. So let's set the stage. What made you, like, what, the whole scenario? And then we'll dive into, like, the betting and okay, probably so, what it happened.
1: Uh, it was a place that we had done deer drives before, but never bow hunted. Um,. So we knew that there was big bucks in the area.
0: We're going to pull it up on a map. I, I got it. Oh, you got it on your yep. map? Yep. Pull up on my map. Oh, okay. Mark the yep. tree stand location. Um, so where
1: was I? So we'd um, gun hunted it, never bow hunted. Um, so the first time, it, this was the first time we'd ever hunted it, very first sit. <laughs> um going in there cuz
0: had heard there's a giant buck in there, huh?
1: Well, no, I mean like <laughs> of the times that we've, you know, that we had done drives like I knew that the biggest bucks always came out of this little area. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. Um and it it was but because of like the area, it's was was there a lot of people that knew about this buck? I believe so. Okay. Yes. I thought because of the area that there was possibly, like, there's a chance of, like, not many people knowing about it, but.
1: No, um, well, at least the immediate neighbors knew about it. Yeah. That much I do know. Did they have any, like, crazy history with it? No, just that it, like, I don't think they had, like, years of history with it, um, but they had seen it that year, that all summer and whatnot. Okay. Um,
0: so we got we got a 17 year old kid yep. who has never killed a buck with a bull. Him and you and your cousin get permission yep. to yep go ahead and bull hunt this if you want to. And then uh so,
1: so we go in there, we kinda knew we knew the general layout of the of the woods. Um and we knew that we that one of us would be hunting it in the afternoon, so we wanted to make it as uh, least least intrusive as possible.
0: You guys had was, was someone like helping you during this? You guys just no, that was just like <clears throat> you guys had some good knowledge yep, going into. Yeah, we we read a lot of uh for fishing
1: game. outdoor God, life. those magazines,
0: outdoor but, and what is it? Outdoor and outdoor hunting or something, uh, or it was just I, the outdoor magazine. God, they're. i go to the library and just get stuck in them for hours. Yep, Yep. they used to be great. Uh,
1: Anyways, so we set up on a convergence of logging roads. We had, like, we were like, well, we know that we can get to, like, where these ridge roads meet quiet, like, church most quiet. Mm -hmm. So we're like, let's start there. So we walked. Did you come in from the east? Yeah, uh, Yes. Okay. I mean, like, I don't know why we have to be at all, like, covert about it. We walked right up that, that like, ski run, that back ski run. Okay. Uh. So yeah, he, yeah, that's. Just parked parked in the parking lot. Oh, we can lot. be as
0: covert about it. I don't give a fuck. I don't either.
1: Parked in the parking lot, walked, like, past the chalet on the north side of it, just heading east, and then up between, like, my that, God, that you could see the
0: chalet from there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked in the map on where you killed it at. Oh yeah. Wow. Um
1: Basically, like walked right up underneath the chairlift. Um, and then you can see like where that logging road comes up. You can see the logging road. Mm hmm. Um I I mean, what is that?
0: Twenty yards in, twenty five yards in? Yeah, I'm not very so um, to set the stage a little bit, because this is a, a similar area, and this is exactly the area I would expect. Like, we're gonna look at the historical weather here, but, <clears throat> um, so picture like a, a a pretty good size, like point. It's tough because people use their own verbiage on land I would, features. I would How call
1: would, this a tertiary point. Okay. Or sorry, a secondary point. This okay. is a low point. There's like there's a high ridge. Okay. And it comes down. and then there's a bench off of that yes and it's right on on top of that bench so we walk in with like where these ridge roads meets in mind that's where we wanted to like because it was such a low pressure like low chance of spooking anything going Mm -hmm. in that's where we wanted to be we walked in looked around there was like five rubs along that Along that logging road, and a giant scrape where they came together, and it's like, well, I don't know how much better sign we can set on than this. Looks good. There's the tree. Yeah. Um,
0: what's the date we got? I'm gonna pull up the weather. I'm pretty
1: October 27th. I'm pretty sure it's the 27th, 2007. What the fuck, dude! You, I thought you had that shit memorized. Well, see, I, sometimes I think it's the 25th. Sometimes I think it's the 28th. I think the, I know it was a. Uh, Friday night, so I guess. Friday
0: night? Yeah, it was 2007. 13 years ago. Yeah. I still remember Jed pulling into my drop my parents' driveway because I was a freshman in high school and showing me it. Yep.
1: Oh, geez.
0: I got all the way back into the 80s. I didn't want to go that far. So to explain, because <clears throat> I think the most difficult thing for people to understand when, when we're talking about, like, land features and stuff is, like, to – to picture it. So if you had to like, okay, so picture your the way that you're like from your ear runs down to your shoulder blade and then your shoulder comes off to your elbow. If you were to put your elbow straight and run like another like hill, similar to what your shoulder is, that's kind of what you were on right here. So your shoulder is like the high hillside and then it runs down and think about your elbow being another like secondary ridge. So your forearm, is. your forearm, yep. and then your forearm runs out, and if you bend your hand down, there's the rest of the hill, and it goes down to like bottom Agland. Yep. <clears throat> so that point is directly north facing, and it has like, I I like the the reason why I like that point so much is because it has, um, it's a it's a what's a good word for this? It's like a one eighty pointer. I don't know because you can you can technically face north, east, and west all on all on one point. All on one ridge. You know, some some ridges are it's nice because it's a it's a smaller one that comes to the point, wraps around, you can you can face three directions. Yep. <clears throat> These deep. are the type of things that bucks are I find a lot of buck beds on. So it was it
1: was 26th. I can't be right. Was it a Saturday night? Dude, I don't know. Or was it Thursday night? It might have been
0: Thursday. It was It was either the 25th or the 26th. Okay, now you're saying 25th or 26th? Yeah. Not 27th? No, definitely not the 27th. All right, well, 25th, we had high of 56, lower 33. Your pressure was 29.6. Wind. Dropping through the what day. What was the wind? Wind was minimal. Okay. It's saying east. That, that was what day? That this is the twenty fifth. I'm looking. No, nope. so not that day. Okay, what wind are you looking for? Like hard west wind. Hard west wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got to We got a. <sighs> pretty good west northwest northwest six to ten miles an hour on the 26th so it's the 27th maybe it was on saturday yeah because i almost want to say that you came on a sunday night before we're going back to school the next day for some reason
1: well that could be because Because i because the next day you came by or something i did i'm sure
0: you did a lap i did a lot of laps that weekend hard north northwest went at 16 miles an hour on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. So it was the 27th. So during the day, you had a hard wind, and it, and it calmed down at night. Yeah. But you got a northwest wind. Yep. Gusts heavy, and yep. you have pressure going from 29.4, rising through to 29.6 through the day. Okay. 29.7. So pretty good rise in pressure. Yep. We're also, I mean, it's kind of cool how we just looked at the two days prior, because this is... Are
1: you on it's, weather underground? Yeah. Yeah, great historical weather
0: app. I mean the high was Sight. fifty-five, but was what? Fifty-five. Yeah. But it was definitely like I remember a it being warm. Yeah. And that wind has changed probably. Like the mm-hmm. wind probably got him up on his feet. Because it goes from being like it goes well, from being I think,
1: I think my grunting got him up on his feet. Okay.
0: Let's go in the rest of the story then. Okay,
1: so <clears throat> we get in or I get in uh early. Because that was before Daylight Savings. It was like 3 o'clock. I remember that. By, And my whole objective was it's, uh, it's windy, so I got cover. The first time the wind dies down and I think I can project sound, I'm hitting the grunt tube. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he's close. So the wind died down, hit the grunt, was standing at the ready, you know, for like what felt like forever, but to a 17-year-old, I'm sure it was like five and a half to seven and a half minutes. And then I'm like, all right, well, nothing's happening here, so I sit down, and then I look out the point, which was to my right, and I look back to where the ridge road come up from the bottom, and he's standing right there, 17 yards.
0: So where do you think he came from?
1: I think he came from just to... The
0: south of that ridge road. Is this the ridge road? Runs, you're just the north of it on this spot? Yeah.
1: And then, so if you, there's like, there's one that follows the spine of the ridge. Yeah, I can out see it. To the yep. su- Or to the north. And he's on that. And he, well, he came, so did I say to the north? No. You he said to the south? Yeah, he was to the south because there's also
0: one that runs. So he kind of came from behind, like, Yes. going back up like towards like the the higher point. <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. It be I wish I wish we knew what your wind was doing down there because I'm sure like a northwest wind It was a west, northwest wind. Really? It was. I bet he's betted on that. See that little like rat back? Mhm. He'd have everything
1: right there. Right. So, there he's standing at 17 yards and turned to look back where he came from, and that's when I stood and drew, and he was already quartering away from me, so I just aimed and shot all in the matter of probably four seconds, (laughs) which is probably the only reason that he's on my wall now
0: and not, yeah, you didn't get you didn't get to look at him. No,
1: I had no clue. Like, it was already in my head that I was shooting anything with horns. You yeah.
0: know, like I'd never killed a buck. So with the wind blowing northwest, did you ever think like, damn, it's almost like at him right now? No. Was it close? No. Because he came up out. Oh yeah, northwest. I was, I was t- mess. so it was blowing back towards like the ski the hill. ski hill. Yeah. That's an interesting little knob there, though. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many different directions they could...
1: Yeah, and I mean, he could have been bedded to the north of me and swung down and around. You know? Yeah. Could have. Because how long do you think it was? It was only, like, 10
0: minutes. I think he was right. I think he was up in here. I think he's... I, I think too. Because that makes more sense. I don't think... He, if you had a good, strong northwest wind, I don't think he'd be out on that north point. No. You know? That's why this... <clears throat> so, what we're saying is, essentially... I mean theories, but I mean it's it's you're not going to go wrong by considering it this way. Is bucks want to bed with the wind to their back, or at least have some wind advantage behind them where they can't see, and then they want you know they want that cover to be there, and then they want to be able to look out into an opening, and define opening. I don't know. It's who knows, but a lot of the beds that we're finding are on these little benches, and. Yeah, they have some type of back cover, side cover, and then they're looking out into either a creek bottom, a field. In this case, he's looking right down probably into that, what is that, like a power line? Mm-hmm. So he's looking down into an opening here. This specific, and, you know, I don't, it'd be, it'd be absolutely ludicrous for us to sit here and say that he's just betted on this knob all the time. But it makes a lot of fucking sense when you look at it why he'd be betted right there.
1: Well, I do know that the biggest bucks that we see off of this property are always coming from that general area.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Look at how many different mm-hmm. directions, and so like think about if you're if you're a deer, and all the shit that happens throughout a day, if that's your if that is your baseline for how you bed and how you pretty much survive through the day is you want some type of wind advantage to your back with visual visual advantage out in front of you and then easy escape routes well you don't want to just i'm fine you know it's it's tough because you you will find some on like just side hills right you yep. like just run long side hills you'll find some um but you you have to think that they they would favor these 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 knobs, these points. Well, yeah. Wind switches. All he, all he had to do is when the wind switched from the fucking South, all he had to do is go 25 yards.
1: Right. And those, those sharp drop off ridges, give him an easy avenue of escape where yeah. three bounds and whatever bothered him. Can't see him. Anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something I learned from, or listening to Dan Infault and and some other guys. And, it, you know, once you start figuring it's so hard to explain it because I used to listen to podcasts and, And try to understand, like they say, they bet right on the military crest or right on the whatever. There's a bunch of different words for it. And it's so hard to understand that until, like, I don't know, it just, like, clicks someday. Um, But, yeah, so there's there's an elevation line. You can see it usually on – you can see it on topo maps sometimes. Um, I'd say Onyx isn't as good because I think Onyx is just every 100 feet, isn't it? Well –
1: sometimes they have every 40 sometimes
0: yeah ideally normally it's 40 ideally you look at it every 40 but there's things in woods too that they you can't there's no way there's on topo maps because there's little little rock shelves there's little little rises on a point things like that that i found that you know there's beds on that you're never going to be able to see on topo. but the general um, topography you find those big points with a top and then the hill starts falling off. So if, you, if you're picturing again, you know, your shoulder blade that runs down, that's the general spine or ridge system. Well, to the right, so say you're just going straight ahead to the right and left of that spine or the center of the um, your arm, those are those drop-offs. And then there's a military crest. So, like, think about where you see, like, gradual decline from the top of a hill, and then all of a sudden it drops off to a steep decline. And usually there's a vegetation switch, too, because it's just things don't grow as well on on steep ground. Um, You know, people aren't cutting lumber down there, so it's usually more mature timber. Uh, You know, it's protected from the wind, so you're not getting the blowdowns like you get up on flats. So usually it's more open, and that's why you can usually look down and see a bottom. And then, there, you know, those flat ridge tops are usually thicker because of everything I just said blowdowns people are cutting there. natural things happen to these ridgetops more than they happen down on the bottoms in my opinion but that's just part of it i think it just adds to it i think i mean if if you were an animal and you had to go pick a place to live out in the woods you'd do the same thing it makes the most sense if you especially if you had the smell that they had we probably wouldn't we'd probably climb up in a tree tree or a cave yeah depending on what kind of uh which I'm not – am not. i I'll honestly, after watching what Mule Deer did, I, I think you can relate some of that to whitetail, the way they bed. I think there's – I think whitetails are bedding like that here. We, we would never see it, though. You'd have to go find it. Yeah, Those little fair. Those little cut-in caves yeah. in hillsides, yep. there's no reason why one wouldn't bed there.
1: Well, I th- see now, I don't think that they would bed like
0: that if it wasn't out of necessity for shade and i think i think they would i think they would bed there just because it's they're they they feel untouchable cuz anything coming over top of them they're going to hear like nothing just comes drops down like like batman isn't coming out of the sky and like dropping down i think they feel safer where they can see
1: though i think they rely Yeah, they on see this. out
0: they see everything out in front of them. Right. But yeah. It's they're covering their back. They're back. So if you think like a deer doesn't see the way we see, they see a hundred and eighty degree view. So they only they're only missing one little section behind their head that they can't see. Freaks. Which another reason why I don't I'm not sold on the fact that they walk with the wind to their face as much as people think they do. (sighs) I think I'm starting to see some stuff where mature bucks are actually walking a lot with the quartering to their back. So wind coming over their back shoulder Mm -hmm. at a quarter. And it makes a lot of sense. Because if they're truly, if they operate this way, that they bed all day with the wind behind them, and they're looking out in front of them, you think they're all of a sudden just going to start walking the opposite way? Like they're used to being on high alert all the time, visually seeing everything out in front of them and smelling everything behind them. Why wouldn't they move like that through the woods? Especially a mature buck. We're talking mature bucks, by the way. We're not talking. I don't think, you know, does and fawns and stuff. They does will put some thought into stuff, but I mean, they're they're living where they're living, and they move to food, for the most part. So I I am changing my framework a little bit on how deer are moving through the woods because I just I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense if we're going to sit here and say that they're betting. With the wind to their back and having in and t- and taking care of their one blind spot, which is that small little f- portion that they can't see.
1: Yeah, but that's that's a stationary object, you know, like about a bed of deer is stationary. Yeah. When he's moving, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to argue. I'm just trying to. And I don't think there's I don't think there's one solution to it. Obviously not. They're yeah. wild animals. Yeah, you can't right. control them. Sorry. Uh <laughs> But like it makes more sense to me that a, uh, a deer is going to move. I would think quartering into the wind.
0: It makes more sense to me too, quartering in because they're picking everything up. Right then, then and they, especially when they're walking that military crest and they have everything quartered, they're quartering into the mm-hmm. wind and they're catching like everything below them too. But <laughs> or they quarter like.
1: Yeah, I mean, no matter what you say, yeah. people are going to come out with 100 anecdotal things that they've witnessed. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm much more confident in saying how they bed instead of how they move. Yeah. I'm more confident saying, like, they're going to want to bed. Now, I'm not – I think I would – See, I, my issue is I start cornering myself into, like, f- frameworks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, they're bedding with the wind coming over the hillside, and they're looking out into opening. But all those little, like – so you look at a hillside and you're like, well they can only bed here with a south some type of south wind because everything is south, right? In order for them to get the wind over their back, then they look over everything has to be south. <clears throat> but you get look at that fucking hillside right there that knob. He could bed in every wind right. on just that one hillside. And I feel like that's when you start narrowing it, narrowing it down. Yes, they will move from ridge to ridge in the middle of the day if the wind shifts. I've seen it on camera. Like I've had big bucks moving Middle of the day, any time of the year, name it, um, and it, it has to be because they're moving bedding here. It has to be just a wind switch happened, and they're just switching over to the next hillside. So, but you know, and if they're sm- if they're smart, they're gonna find these these knobs where they can have everything in one day, right? right? And they're gonna have multiple of them because they're not. <clears throat> He's not just living. I mean, he's got, like, he had probably had 20 of those. Just happened to be there that day because there's probably, who knows. It's interesting because it's like you you did pretty much everything that if you knew he was there, you would have probably screwed it up because you'd have started thinking about it too much. Right. But I think, like, if you, if you took all the emotion out of my brain when it comes to hunting season and, like, you just looked at a hunting situation where you're like, all right, I'm getting all these trail cam pictures of these bucks. And say you're getting a picture of him. You're like, for some reason, it's all consolidated on this, like, knob. I think he might be living on this knob. Like, all right, well, you got a northwest wind. You're going to be, like, cutting it kind of close. But we found this bed on that little, like, cutback. Because if you'd have scouted it and seen a bed there, you'd see it, that it's more realistic that that could happen. But, I mean, you're kind of, I mean, it was... I guess if you're saying it's a dead west, you're in much more of an advantage. But if it had much north to it, you could have been cutting it pretty close with him. And if it was, you know, it's showing that it was, you know, in the morning where he would have bed there most likely, it was north, northwest, northwest, switching to west, northwest in the afternoon. But, yeah, there's probably more north in that wind, that looks like, than, at least on the weather thing. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, thinking about, I mean, the military military crest thing just makes the most sense to me, because now that I've seen it, I can draw back a lot of conclusions to it. So, wait, you're
1: saying that we're, like, you're looking crossways at a hillside, and it's coming down at the same slope, and then all of a sudden it drops off Drops off. That's the military crest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way of... There's a really good military crest on the backside of that bowl.
0: Or the one you're... This, yeah, this and place. boy, do
1: the doles love that.
0: Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of times, too, where you find beds, and it's like... There can, there can be other deer that bed in a buck bed, too. hmm You know? We get stuck on that sometimes. But when you... I feel like when you do see them... all oh, like that... Let's talk about that bed we found on public last year. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. Oh my god, everything about it as perfect as you could get it. So this this spot, you come in. There's an intersection at the road, and majority of hunters have to access this piece. Well, all hunters, well, all people who are not accessing accessing through private have to access this piece of timber in probably like a, a hundred yard. Run along the woods up the one road, and then maybe like a three four hundred yard run down the other road.
1: Yeah, unless you were gonna go across <clears throat> the creek all the way to the back and come up, but it's the it's the easiest mode of of getting to the top of that piece would be yeah. right where we
0: did. Yeah. It. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in a in a deer that's better. There can see anyone that comes yep. into that woods. Yep. So the 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 ridge is like. It's a pretty big ridge system, and this bed is all the way out to end of it, like right before, like that. It's literally you take one step over. I don't think we could even walk. I don't think we could walk down it out the end of it. No, if I remember correctly.
1: No, we we wouldn't be able to like. We could climb it. Yeah. You know, but you can't walk it without grabbing hold of trees yeah. and.
0: Yeah. So and, and like when you find beds like that, you can just be like, all right, that's a bucket. And there's rubs everywhere. It's beat down. It's like a freaking. It was a. It was high, like a car hood. Yeah. Car hood in the ground there, and you know you had you had like also another thing too. When you look at it, you have all these other like little like secondary beds around it, and like I always thought, I always considered them like all oh, when I found them. I kind of was like disheartened because I thought maybe like oh shit, is this a doe group living here? Um, but I think it's just a buck. It, it's probably a buck's bed. And then those are all their little secondary ones mm-hmm. that they will shift to during the day just for different winds. Yep. Like I've seen trail cam photos of bucks switching, you know, in know, a, a little triangle where the, it's like, and it, all they need is a little bush behind their back as they, for them to feel safe. So I don't know. What, what do you think? Like the. I'd say like the, what do you think like the easiest way for someone to be like, I'm going to go find a bedding area for bucks Ends of points. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say go to the end of the point. So find like a big spine system, walk the spine. Cause there's usually a lot of sign on it. Um, go all the way to the end. There's probably going to be like a flat, like almost rise at the end of it. And there's the sometimes there'll be like either one complete just drop off or there'll be little like shelves below that one. <sighs> I tend to find I tend to find most of the beds like just over so like if you're standing on that spine right before the drop off, you might not be able to see it. There's usually like a little elevation drop where they'd be even be hidden from that. Just over the hill. The on, the, on the last
1: flat. The good ones are.
0: Now, yeah, a lot of things they deal with here is just, you know, finding a flat ground to bed on.
1: And the the thicker, the better. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you run into a lot of them, and you still see beds on these that go, you know, because they're overlooking a valley at this point. Yep. But when it's overlooking a valley and it's thicker and shit, now you're really talking. Now you're going to find multiple there instead of just one. At least that's what I found.
0: Yeah, and you look at you overlooking a valley that has water in it. Mm-hmm. You go up the ridge, and there's an egg field, <laughs> and you got good growth in the woods. And then you're cooking with fire. <clears throat> so, I think the nice thing is with this is you identify these. So, anyways, I don't know. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, you easy, don't want to corner yourself. The easiest thing might actually be find a really brushy ditch. So this is my this is what I'm saying next. So the first thing you do is you walk up the spine, you find the set of beds that are usually out there, because there's always going to be. Mm-hmm. You find you take that elevation line, now you start walking side hill up to each side of those ditches. I think so I I'm saying like they're gonna be on that same elevation line. Sure. But up into those ditches. I dude, the ditches, there's they're always up in there. Biggest buck I ever shot walking down, um, gun hunting and I walked down a uh, field edge. Oh, man, that was back when that place was so much cooler. There was like little, <laughs> there was like little like wood lines coming up through the fields and shit. It was awesome. So I was walking like in through the middle of the field, but like down a wood line and I get down like the second I get to the edge of the timber that this buck was bedded in. So it was like picture you coming in from top ag fields you kind of walk you know along a fence line that's brushy with trees and then you uh and then you uh walk along uh you get to like the main like timber well the timber comes up and like there's a a finger that runs up into this field so you're getting close to the end of the timber so you have a ton of transitions around You have cornfield, you know, ditch with water in it at some point, plus, you know, tons of these little fingers that run around. The second I touch foot in that woods, this buck jumps. So he's obviously watching me come in the whole time, and he's just bedded on the other hillside right on the ditch, watching the whole opposite hillside ditch, and he can see all the way down through the bottom. Perfect. It wasn't perfect for him because I had a gun in my hand. <laughs> And made a crazy shot, but yeah, those type of things make a lot of sense. So if you want to find buck bedding and you have property, look at the property, look at it, look at an aerial map, pinpoint all, all the spines and ridges that run on that aerial map. Um, So if you were to look at, say like a 500 piece of public, 500 acre piece of public, that's daunting to be like, I'm going to go comb through all this. I would personally, especially if time is of essence, eliminate all the bottom, the whole bottom. I'd start at the top, I'd walk down one spine, I'd start finding the sign and the bedding, and then I'd start walking that elevation line. Would you do anything different? Just because I don't personally see. Yeah, I mean. I don't personally see the sign in the bottoms, the bedding in the bottoms. No, that's fair. It it's pretty. It's a pretty
1: random thing for this area.
0: Yeah, we're talking hill country. Yep,
1: steep we're t- hills. We're talking. Well, what is it? Probably five. Uh, it's probably four hundred foot elevation changes generally from valley floor to ridge top around here. Four hundred? That's my guess. And I almost you think, think it, it's less than uh, that? No, I think I don't think it's more.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I bet I bet actually it is a little less in most places. But yeah, it's I mean the place you're looking at here was five eleven hundred to mm-hmm. six hundred probably. Yep.
1: I think that's I think that's pretty fair that's w- a big f- hill too. Four huh? to five. Yeah. Is this area. Now, you start getting down like Dane County, things
0: get wonky fast. Yeah. But there's going to be terrain features in there. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, I, yeah. I it's, think you still can go around the same idea. Where is the, wh- what's like the average elevation? Where is the, that first shelf up? And I would just walk that transition. Yep. So in flat no, ground... That's a great idea. Like, flat ground, instead of, like, looking at it, like, you look at a huge chunk, and it's like, Jesus, well, how the fuck am I going to comb through all this? Well, I'll look on your map. There's probably some type of ridge system, some type of elevation, and start on all those. Find those points. I think the only thing I could say that I wouldn't have a ton of... I would, like, have to think about a little bit is probably, like, swamp country, yeah. where it's, like, legit, like, they're just in the cattails and shit like that. Like, yeah. there's no... But even then, you're still probably still you're still thinking. looking at diversity and like yep. just transitions of of habitat. Yeah. So, example of transition of habitat in swamp country. There's a, a swampy area. No, you know what? I think swamp's probably pretty easy too. And the wind probably doesn't play as big of a factor in swamp country because it, it probably has more to do with habitat features. Because you go from water when there's water involved, I do think that they can they might start like favoring that over wind because I think they bed looking uh, it's tough part of me wants to say they're bedding with their back to the land looking at the water because the water is their exit route always and they feel the best because they don't they don't have any um, anything coming at them from the water sure so then would they face away from that
1: I would argue that they would face away from where they feel nothing's coming.
0: Yeah. Well, then that gets into what, what sense do they trust the most. I think this trust Knows. I think their their smell is what they trust the most. I so I think they look at the water. They view it as anything that does come through here, they're gonna see and hear easily. And anything that wants to be sneaky smell. I got my smell. Yeah. For everything behind me. That's where you see those you know, those S turns and rivers and um what's the word the land feature where a river will bend like this so a river will make like a u-shape and that land feature there's it's called something Mm. i know that like where where a river
1: runs and then makes a corner and runs back the other way it's called an oxbow
0: yeah that's what I'm thinking what of you're going for? for the most part, yeah. Because okay. Oxbow actually changes directions. Like, you have, like, a little – yeah, like, those things I know are well-known for good betting. Mm-hmm. And I would expect because there isn't much land there for their back to cover. They have the water out in front of them everywhere. You know, like, Oxbow, you think about it, there's a pinch probably that comes into that. Mm-hmm. Like, bow, whatever. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you're down in Dane County, so, like, flat ground transitions. I mean, those, those ones, that's when you're getting into fence lines, you're getting into just timber looking out into fields. I think open country, they're betting more back to the timber looking out. They want to look out into an egg field where it's just, they're surrounded by egg fields. I think they want to look out into at least an egg field, which makes accessing has to be difficult there. Well, for the most part, but, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I feel, comf- I feel pretty confident if you stuck us, you know, anywhere in the country, we'd go find it. And that's how I would start. Well, you're going to be doing that in Wyoming this year. Yeah, if we think about Wyoming, like thinking about how we did, I mean, we did a little scouting this year, or last year, I'm saying. And, you know, that's, psh, that's different country because... The elevation changes in that, like, so obviously all the whitetail are down in the river bottom where there's actual vegetation and habitat.
1: Actual vegetation, yeah.
0: There's tons of vegetation out in the prairies. Right. Awesome vegetation. But, like, it's more, this is, like, suitable, like, whitetail habitat. And it it is, like, thick. It's great whitetail. Yeah, like, everything about it's Mm -hmm. awesome. But, see, that would be an area where, like, I think I almost have to ignore those hills those like steep faces. Oh yeah. Yeah, if if
1: you're outside of the cottonwoods, I'd say you're you're in the wrong area. Yeah. But there's going to but be But I'm thinking
0: like the, like those like steep like drop offs from like the top shelves that go down to these Yeah, the wood, Like maybe. I don't think they're bedded up like up against they like, could be bedded up against those, they could be. That's how those mule deer are bedding mm-hmm. up, there, up there. Yeah. That, I mean that that may that's a tough time to find bedding though too i wish we could if we could go out there like in march it'd be like march is the time to find it march is a great time to find it um but i would say right now though is a good time to find in the woods if you find that transition from mature open timber to um thick timber And you just walk that open timber line, there's going to be bedding along that line somewhere. Um,
1: And there's going to be pretty clear sign going into and coming out of the thick stuff where they're bedding.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people talk about how, like, rub lines are usually... Like, when you find a rub line down in, like, a bedding area like that, it's usually going to point you towards... Um, where they're headed to feed. So they're walking, you know, from their bed out to feed in the afternoon. Supposedly that's where they make a lot of their rubs. But there's a lot. I mean, obviously those rub lines, they have a direction of travel in some way. Uh, not to distinguish in between, you know, bedding line or, you know, just nighttime rub line. Yeah, you gotta play that by ear, but that'll be a different podcast. That'll be a different podcast. Um anything else with bedding? I think it's uh it's important because once you start think about once you start thinking about it changes the way you hunt. So when you start thinking about what a how is a buck gonna bed in this timber or in this land feature. And why would he bet here? And then am I hunting it with the, like a wind that is beneficial, <clears throat> somewhat beneficial to him, and somewhat beneficial to me? You're yeah, cutting that if line.
1: You, if you're putting it all in your favor, odds are you're wasting your time. Not, not wasting your time, but to to toe the line.
0: That's why we started hunting. That's why we started hunting with the wind going over into the valleys here.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's the the best case scenario, in my opinion, is to get high above a deer, like right on the edge, right right where that land really drops off. Mm-hmm. Get there because even then, when he's come when he's dead downwind to you, your scent theoretically should be blowing over top of
0: him. Can't even smell you. Yeah, thinks he has the <clears throat> wind in his favor. Doesn't. We did not do a good job of explaining why Bucks should would bet on a military crest. Um, it's a so it's there's a weird thing that happens in the woods or in in gen like in general with land features. Wind travels like water, so when when a wind stream comes over a hillside, some of that wind stream goes straight, some of it follows the land feature. So think about like the wind stream that's like six to ten feet above the land that shit keeps running straight until it hits something the shit that's running along the the field or the ground follows the terrain of the ground runs right down into the woods so that runs that keeps running so when you think about it if a buck's bedded right on that crest he's catching all the streams that come out of the hillsides down that hill you know plus when you get into the thermals so like when his back's facing to the opening he's getting all the wind coming from behind him and then when the thermals rise in the morning he gets all the thermals coming up from the bottom so it's like a tunnel effect so when the hillsides are i shouldn't say just morning because it's, it's really when the land is just has heat on it thermals are generally rising until nighttime when they all fall so that's why I mean, that's what makes the most sense. That's why they bed there. Um, But you can use it to your advantage sitting. So if you get up in that wind stream, which we've done, we've proven that you can do it, you get up in that wind stream a little higher than what that wind is doing on the ground level, and that wind just keeps going into nothingness. And I think it's a tough call because there's certain hillsides that are just too tight to do it on. You need to have an open hillside. That's why I like those wide open points that kind of open to nothing. You got a big road in the valley or something. The yeah, next big, hillside. big
1: wide valley yeah. is the best.
0: Yeah. 200, 200 yards plus. you Take, take, take your map, measure what, how, how far one distance hillside is to the other hillside across the ditch. And if you're going to sit there and, you, and you're going to blow your wind over into that ditch, it's got to be over 200 yards. I've sat them. I've sat in ditches less than 200 yards and have gotten busted on the opposite hillside. Plus, I've gotten busted on my hillside because of the kickback. So, the wind just does a big loop and kick, will kick back um, to your hillside, too. Yeah.
1: If we're going to put it into water terms again, think of an eddy. Yep. Where it's just swirling.
0: Just keeps coming back and forth, you know, a circle, whirlpool. Yeah. And the coolest thing, so another thing you another like thing you can do here that I've tried is when you get really strong, constant winds... If you go down below that military crest just a little bit, you'll actually get wind in your face. Yep. So when you so you could you can actually take advantage of the tighter hillsides. Um, now access to something like that is it is what it is, but I, I I can't say I've hunted it successfully, but there is definite. It just proves a point of you have that surge of thermals and wind coming up the opposite complete opposite direction of what the wind's blowing above um, so that's why they walk that because they can catch everything above them wind wise and they have everything below them scent wise both best of both worlds how do you kill that animal lucky plus they can see like freaks and hear like freaks they can hear way better than I can I don't <clears throat> similar to humans they have they have the they have the same hearing ability as humans. Bullshit. Yeah, I don't believe that. Scientific test. Now, their perception of sound is much different than you and I. You know what I mean? No. Go on. Okay, so if you're in your house, yep. And have you ever been like in your house and you hear a little like oh yeah yeah and you can't identify clink. where it is? No, but you hear a little clink. Yeah. And you're like, that's not normal. But then you have, like, a fan running or, like, something running that's constant. hmm You'd accept that sound. Sure. Won't even notice it. Yeah. white noise. So a deer just lives all the time, 24-7, in the woods. He's, he's he's used to squirrels being psychos. He's used to does blowing. He's used to all that shit happening in the woods. So, like, things that happen in the woods, like, this makes me believe that we shouldn't freak out, like, if, like, a doe blows or, you know, people think that squirrels are, like, warning deer and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's some validity to that. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. Um, well, I mean, like, Blue Jay. So, anyways, yeah, right. the, the whole point of the thing is they do like scientifically they hear the same. But if you clink your fucking, yeah, if you clink your tree stand, unnatural sound, unnatural sound, they'll, they'll get you because you'd it, yeah. get it. You'd get it too if you just lived out in the woods and heard the same things over and over and over again, and all, and you're on high alert all the time. You'd pick up that sound mm-hmm. too. So, that's the. I mean, that, that's the reason why, a, you know, a deer that's used to people, you, they hear a car door slam, they, their head's still down feeding, but they hear, you know, a clink on your ladder stand. Every every deer pops their head up and whips around. Um. So you think that there is communication going on between animals? Well, I no, I don't think that. You think there's validity to the blue jay? I.
1: Yes, I don't think that the blue jay is communicating with the deer.
0: I think the deer and noise the blue jay huh do, do you, you think the deer is using the blue jay yes. as an alert yes i do have you had an experience where a blue jay has given you a heads up on a deer coming i think i have deer no predators yes i would say squirrels for sure i have mm-hmm. have given deer up before i've seen them sure and that's that's a hunter that's that's us being used to being in the woods and hearing things and, and right. realizing which it's just like which it, is
1: why I think that there's no way that a deer doesn't pick up on the same thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because oh, something's going nuts over there, not doing it for no reason. Yeah. How they process that and how they what they determine how how they determine to use that. I don't know. Yeah, because
0: they've they've seen they've heard something go crazy and they've seen stuff run through like right afterwards right. many times. Right. I know just that like I've had have.
1: deer deer blowing and running spook turkeys.
0: Yeah. But if you think about it from a deer perspective, if squirrels are going crazy with every deer that's just walking through the woods or shit like that, they could come to accept it. it could. Could. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. yeah, it's interesting. Now we got off track with betting. No. It happens. So, um, yeah. I got, yeah, that the Wyoming thing is a good little segue. Um, planning on getting out to Wyoming and trying to get a whitetail. When am I going to figure out if I drew that or not? I don't know. Soon. So, whitetail hunting in Wyoming. What do you think is the best strategy there? I think just hugging that creek and letting thermals sink down there, hunting afternoons, and then f- figure if there's something that something that shows in the mornings. I don't know what that would look like where you'd probably have to do something a little different I don't know that river is probably big enough where you could just sit right on that river and your scent just gets sucked down in there all the time yeah I don't it's gonna I
1: I think I would start as close to the to the main road as I can
0: (sighs) That's wrong as far as the predominant
1: wind. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see
0: what what your because you think does everything be- is fucked once you cross that creek with a UTV or four wheeler. No, or on foot.
1: No, I'm just saying that, like if if your scent is going down the down the river, you would start as far downstream as you can then, because at that point whatever gets blown out below you can't hunt anyways.
0: Yeah, I, you know mean, I mean, I do. I feel, I feel, conf, I don't know, not confident, but I ha, I think, and I haven't hunted a lot of, like, river, like, systems. Mm-hmm. From what I've researched and, and what makes sense to me is that that scent would kind of get just like sucked down within the confines of that river. So it's not going to be, like, spilling out over into the other woods. Sure. So it's going to go right along it and... Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to use that to your advantage. Definitely in the afternoons. Yep. Evening sets, for sure. Now, mornings could be some something different. But even then, I still would almost feel comfortable blowing... Now, a strong breeze? No. A light breeze blowing to the water in the mornings, I would trust. Because that would, all that thermal rise off the water would just... that. I bet your scent just goes straight up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Have you ever seen a legitimate buck out there?
1: But they've killed them. They've killed them. I've never seen legitimate one. No. I bet they're just sly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there's no reason that there shouldn't be old
0: deer there. Yeah, they don't Nobody get hunted. They don't get hunted hard. Right. Unless they get hit with like uh, EHD a lot out there or something. They could. Yeah, and they don't probably don't they wouldn't even like you don't even hear about it probably that much. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anything else, uh, anything else to do with Wyoming before we wrap this podcast up? Nope. no. Under two months. Yep. Pretty excited. That's a good place. Love it. Next week we'll uh, do the normal shenanigans with Weston. Weston had to dip out of this podcast early because uh, he had to be a father. We respect that. <clears throat> So thanks for listening, like, subscribe, and stay cool. Thanks, everyone.